Welcome back to the Changemaker Podcast. I'm your host, Deke Copenhaver. Today, my guest is Heather Parody. Heather is a mental health therapist turned online entrepreneur where she helps outside-the-box leaders bring their services online in order to scale their impact. She's the host of two top-ranked podcasts, Unconventional Leaders and Happy Brain. She's been featured in Forbes, Pop Sugar, and most importantly, on the front of her mom's refrigerator. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Heather Parody. Welcome to the Changemaker Podcast, hosted by Deke Copenhaver. Deke is the author of The Changemaker, a Forbes publishing book that has reached number one on Amazon on multiple occasions and in multiple categories like management skills and total quality management. During this podcast, Deke interviews exceptional change-making leaders. Deke currently operates Copenhaver Consulting, where he helps local governments and other public organizations maximize their potential. He's also a sought-after public speaker. We hope that the change maker has an impact on you today and that you find takeaways that make you a better leader in your life. Now, here's Deke. Your mom's refrigerator is the most important thing. If you go to your mother's and you're not on the refrigerator, you got to know what you did wrong. Yeah, because your mom's got to love you, basically. She got to. Theoretically. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that there are some people who their mothers don't love them. But it's Heather, dark. Well, um, <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully not. But welcome to welcome to the show. I'm uh, so glad to see you. And I was hoping that you'd be in the studio today, but I know that you've got a really busy schedule these days. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Um, I think a lot of you and the message that you have, and it's just an honor to be to be on. So thank you for having me. Well, so you are, you live here in Augusta, you love mm -hmm. Augusta, and thank mm -hmm. you for that and being a promoter of Augusta, but how did a young lady from Arkansas who grew up painfully shy, from what I understand, and with an interesting upbringing that we'll get into, end up here in Augusta, Georgia? Military, that's a lot of people's story, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was the military, uh, but when we, when we came to visit, I don't know why, I was just like, I want to stay here and Brian agreed and we just we didn't know anyone but we just decided to make camp and make base so even though we technically could move now he's not um, active duty anymore uh, we just decided to make it home well I, I always love hearing that as a former mayor of Augusta that does my heart good but you you and I have had a conversation before thank you for having had me on your podcast but you had sort of an unconventional upbringing and I always think it's interesting because I grew up painfully shy as well. Mm -hmm. So when I moved to Augusta from Canada when I was four years old, I was a four-year-old kid who was painfully shy with a thick Canadian accent. And, you know, I know what it feels like to feel like an outsider. But to, to think that somebody that was as shy as you as a kid with a very interesting upbringing, now this is what you do. I mean, you're speaking at major events. You're hosting major events. You're hosting multiple podcasts. Tell us a little bit about your journey from that shy kid to now. You know, I, I don't consider myself an extrovert now by any means. Um, I get I get very drained very easily and I can turn it on, you know, when I'm speaking or doing things. But behind the scenes, I'm just like, I really love quiet. I yeah. really love routine and having my cup of coffee and going sitting outside and reading a book like that's like a good time for me. Um, so I think learning how to use your natural energy is really important and manage it. That's kind of the journey I've been on with my own coach is figuring out how to manage all that. But there was kind of like the 
dark side of it, I guess, um, when I was younger, where it was stemmed from a lot of insecurity. So I think I was yeah. naturally bent towards being a little bit more alone and such, but that kind of fed into an insecurity of, am I comfortable around people? Do I feel mm-hmm. like I belong in a room? Right. Um, it was very hard for me to make friends and so forth. And so there was like, just kind of like a natural bent towards, um, rejection. And honestly, as I've, you know, gotten older, I've really <laughs> figured out that a lot of that was a, a reflection of my own self, because a lot of times we think like, oh, we're the outsider, we're the outcast, you know, society doesn't like us or understand us, but really, and there may be an element to that for sure. Yeah. But also too, I think it's a di- bigger reflection of what's going on in your inner world, because if I don't reject myself first, it's a lot harder for me to see people as rejecting me. Yeah. 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 Well, and it, it's, it's funny and we'll, we'll get into that as far as your own self image, but I, people have talked to me about the imposter syndrome and it's sort of like, you know, how am I doing this? And I still get that to this day. It's like, I've just got into executive coaching. And after I read my mm-hmm. client's book and all of his accomplishments, I texted him and I'm like, Hey man, uh, your book is awesome. I don't think I'm qualified to be your executive coach. Really? Yeah. And he explained to me all the reasons why I was, and it's going phenomenally well. But I think part of that was because I had never done it before and he reached out to me and asked me to do it. But, but, you know, you still have to take that leap of faith, even if you're like, I I don't know that I can do this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. And you know, my favorite quote is action creates clarity. Like if you don't know what to do, do something and bowl around and stuff and you kind of stumble across it. But I don't think we give ourselves enough chance and we discredit ourselves before we give other people a chance to discredit us. It's like we, again, reject ourselves coming out of the gate. And perception is a very interesting thing because I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this with coaching. People are like, oh, I don't have what it takes. I don't do this. And I'm like, do you, I wish you could see what I see in you. I wish you could see what a badass you actually are and the gift that you actually have. And it's so much easier to see that on you, Deke. And you see that with me than us to see that on ourselves, you know, and, and that's the practice is figuring out, okay, there's an illusion here and I've got to see through this, this lie you know, yeah. that, um, I don't have X, Y, Z because other people see it. They're just waiting on me to step up into it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And th- there's nothing to me really like helping to unleash somebody's potential. Yeah. I think that's why I enjoy mentoring the younger generation so much is because it's just cool to watch people sort of blossom. Yeah. So watch somebody believe yeah. like in themselves and uh, they don't need permission, but it means a lot. Like, just hearing it from somebody that they trust, you know what I mean? Or somebody that they respect. Absolutely. And it's, so I want to get into your podcast a little bit. How did you go from being a mental health therapist trained into becoming this, I mean, blowing up podcaster and just literally a force of nature and don't get embarrassed when I call you a force of nature, because you are in fact a force of nature. I appreciate that. I think it's a, it's more of like a thunderstorm with rumbling clouds and floods because I'm trying to figure it all out. It's it's messy, you know. Like it is so freaking messy. Um, but I know I I'm called to this work because, yeah. you know, I don't know how you know. I, I you just do know, and it's interesting because people always say I don't know what I'm called to, and within five minutes, almost everybody I can think I, they'll say out loud exactly what they feel called to do. It's we hesitate saying it to ourselves because of the ridiculousness of it or the absurdity of it or whatever. But for me, how I did that is I felt that nudge and I knew it was God saying like, come here, 
you know, and I think God speaks through curiosity a lot. Uh, curiosity is a very interesting spiritual thing. If you think about it, like you feel nudges of like, Hmm, go talk to David, go talk to Chris, you know, go here, go do this and all that. And that intuitive bit, that curiosity, sometimes we dismiss. Uh, but I think that's God speaking to you. And for me, you know, in school, I, I had started a business on the side and I started using social media to promote that business. And I started making really good money for somebody who was kind of <laughs> half-assing it. And I was, I was making a, as much money as I would be making graduating from getting a master's and going and getting a job. I was making that just on the side business with social media. And I was like, there's something here. This is something powerful yeah. here, not only from like a scalability standpoint, but also to an impact standpoint of, you know, as a therapist, you know, we are heart centered people. We want to help people. And one-on-one -on -one is awesome. But if you have that nudge, you're like, I want to reach a lot of people. It was really hard to ignore, you know, these little cell phones we have and in these yeah. lives. And I, I built up an audience on this thing called, um, what was that? I don't remember. It's an app that's not even around right now. Any Periscope. That's what it was. I, I built up a pretty good I audience. I don't remember Periscope. You? Okay. Okay. Periscope. Was, don't get on Periscope now because they show your location and it's dangerous, y'all. Oh, gosh. Listen. Um, but I built up a really a good size audience there while I was in school. And so I'd be Periscoping between classes and talking to people. And I built up an email list there. And when I, by the time I got done with school, I was just like, this is what I want to do with my life. Um and I don't have a huge audience. I don't, you know, whatever, but the work that I'm able to do, I, I love it. And I'm so grateful. I'm, gr I'm so grateful. I, I, I get to talk to people all day long, um, from all over and make content that I know is meaningful. And, yeah. um, it's my calling. You know, I, I love that you should say that because I feel the same way. And I'll just tell you a story. I don't think I've ever told this publicly, but a number of months ago, I just started thinking, I'm like, I don't need to be chasing down every consulting gig possible just to make a dollar. I'm like, I just need to use the spiritual gifts that I've been given. And so as soon as I had that aha moment, that's when I got contacted about executive coaching, a booking agent um, for my speaking yeah. engagements came into my life. That's an awesome lady out of Poughkeepsie, New York. And I'm like, once you sort of get that and get that this is a calling and we need to use our, I mean, the Lord gave us our spiritual gifts to use, not mm -hmm. to squander mm -hmm. or to waste away. But I think that's when you sort of start to get in the groove a little bit more. Yeah. It, yeah. And, and there's a lot of judgment though, that comes on that. Right. Cause I judge my gifts a lot, um, that it's not enough or place, you know, place importance on it. I, I'm a, quirky Southern girl who does stupid stuff on the internet. You know what I mean? And like, um, and God bless you for that. Well, yeah, yeah. But and God it, bless it, you with that. <laughs> it's, it's also hard too, because, you know, I had friends who were building private practices when we were done with school and stuff. And I'm like, I think I'm going to build up a podcast and, and start doing stuff on the internet. And you're like, what are you talking about? Right. And so there was a lot of my own insecurity that came into that because I was thinking, does this on paper, going to be impressive for people or look like it's grown up enough or look like it matters enough. And so God was just really on my heart. Like you are judging what I've given you so much of like yeah. what kind of impact it can make. And that's not just a slap in my face, but that's a slap on the creator's face of like what I am isn't enough. What you designed me to be isn't enough. And, um, I've just been in a process of trying to shed that and step more into it. Like even the other, you know, a couple of weeks ago I was at a conference and everybody was wearing freaking business suit and I'm wearing Converse's and like a, you know, ripped jeans and stuff. And I'm like, I was like, I told one of my friends, like, do I need to go change? Like, I feel so no. weird, but then no. I was like, no, this is, this is the spirit that I bring into it. And I'm, 
I'm speaking to a specific person here. And so it's, you know, it's not easy, uh, but I'm telling you, man, it feels really good to be seen for who you are, you know, publicly. You you know, it's, it's funny though. You should say that it's so when people ask my wife what I do, you know, it's what I do does not fit in a box. I'm like, you know, keynote speaker, podcaster, consultant, um, executive coach, but it is. So I was just on a fishing trip with a bunch of guys and it is particularly for people my age to not be, you know, well, I'm in real estate or mm-hmm. I'm a doctor or I'm a lawyer to be sort of the person that, well, I do a bunch of different stuff. That's not easy to explain in an elevator conversation it does make you feel a little bit different because it's just not as easy as saying, you know, I've got a thriving mental health care practice, you know, right. Instead you do what you do and you bring what you bring. But that's, I think too, uh, being a shy kid, it's sometimes hard to be different, but I think Mm -hmm. being different is good. I mean, I think it's great. And that's why I love your podcast, unconventional leaders, you know, that's unconventional leaders make the world go round. Yeah. 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 And seeing, seeing your, whatever sets you apart as your connector, right? That's a, it's a way to connect with other people because we do not connect with people who are, (laughs) um, not human. Right. And so we want to hide our humanness when really we need to celebrate it. Do you, okay. I know you're a punk rock fan, but I'm going to throw a band out there that, um, you may or may not know, and they're not a punk rock band. Okay. Have you ever heard of the band Blind Melon? Nope. This the song called No Rain. Mm-mm. That one, uh, I'll look it up. And you're, you're not Gen X for sure, but it's a great video. It's like a hippie rock band. And so you probably have seen the video at some point. Blind Melon. Okay. Where Blind Melon, where like there's this little girl, little overweight girl dressed in a bee outfit with big, thick glasses and she dances and then like everybody laughs at her mm-hmm. and so then they start into the video and she's like going all over the place and looking for I guess her tribe mm-hmm. and so at the end of the video she finds a bunch of other little girls dressed up as bees dancing in a big open field and she goes out and just starts dancing for joy I'm like that sometimes I feel like is me I'm trying to find my tribe that I can go out in a in a field with and dance for joy but I would say through connecting with people through podcasting, connecting with yeah. people like you. I'm like, yeah. they're out there they are. and it's, it's a beautiful thing. And that's why I love, you know, I know this is a community based podcast and I love, you know, the, the, the deep importance to connecting with people in your physical community. But I'll tell you, the internet has been a, so meaningful to me for that reason, because I've been able to connect with people all over who get it. You know what I mean? And it sucks not being able to be in person and go over to dinner. Like I was connecting with somebody today and I was like, man, I just wish you lived closer to freaking in Michigan, you know? And I'm like, I would have you over for dinner. I'd, I'd love to actually be your real world friend. But you know, the internet can be a curse to us, but it also is such an amazing tool to be able to, there's someone out there like you and someone out there who's interested in the things that you're into and can support you. And my biggest mentors, my biggest cheerleaders, my best friends I've met through content and yeah. I don't say that hesitantly. I'm talking about people who have completely changed my life because of this freaking thing in our hands right here. Yeah. Well, and that's been the interesting thing to me through the pandemic. It's the same thing. I've connected with and become friends with people all over the world that I speak to regularly, mm-hmm. but I've never physically met them. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, I've, you know, when this thing is done, 
I'm coming up to Vancouver and we're grabbing a beer. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I met two, um, this year, uh, I met two people I've been working with for Greg Clunas. I've been working with him for three years and I've never met him. We met for the first time a couple of months ago. It was unbelievable. Um, uh, and Rich Cardona, my new co-host for the other show we just started, we've been friends for a couple of years, met in person and it, it, you know, these people, you know what I mean? It, yeah. it's, it's a weird thing, but like I said, I think it's just opportunity for, for leaders to use these, view these as tools, um, yeah. and not just like the devil among us, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> well, let me ask if you get this, because I never really thought about this mm-hmm. until I, I guess Brittany Doe, young lady who's 21 year old author I had on, she said she likes to get together physically as best she can. And she's like, but you right. know, She's at the University of Washington, so everything had been online, classes and everything. She said, but when we started getting together, everybody says, I thought you were taller. Mm-hmm. And that I got that in office all the time. People are like, well, I thought you were a really tall guy. So have you ever had that experience of somebody saying, I thought you were taller? Uh, <laughs> no, but I will say I think that the reason they see you and possibly her is because of the energy and the presence and the leadership. And that's what's so it's such a compliment because you think about like, I carry a lot authority in me and people just kind of translated that physically. I I do get that you're way more fidgety in person than I thought you would be because I do this a little bit. Oh yeah. I'm I'm bouncy. You're bouncy. Well, bouncy is good. Yeah. Bouncy and effervescent <laughs> and all those things are good, but, uh, it is. well, so, so you've got a new podcast you're working on. Oh yeah. We launched about 90 days ago. Um, so not too new, but NFTs for newbies. Yeah. So tell us for our audience that's not, and including myself, <laughs> that's not educated about NFTs. Tell us about NFTs. Okay. I don't know what's happening. Something's happening and it's really important to pay attention. They're calling it web three. So where the internet came in however long ago and kind of disrupted everything. And it was the very beginning of something. We're at a transition phase right now with our technology that like it or not, something's coming coming and you have an opportunity here to be an early adapter with your business, your media, all the stuff that we're working on right now matters, but it's not going to be the formula in which we market and sell, um, over the next bit. There's some, yes. you know, ideas about how long it's actually going to be. So with that very dramatic introduction, um, yeah, you're scaring uh, me. Good, 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 good. <laughs> again, again, there's an opportunity to be afraid or to embrace and, and lead something here. That That's the way I'm choosing to look at it. Cause it can get really overwhelming and scary, but a few, I think it was back in the summer, Brian and not my husband, we made a small investment in an NFT because a influencer that we really trust Gary Vaynerchuk, um, said to, and we really, power of the internet. We really trust this man. And we said, we know that he wouldn't ask us to invest in something crazy if he didn't mean it. So we made a, 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 a purchase a few thousand dollars and, um, it dramatically paid off in a way that caught my attention and halted almost everything I was doing. And I said, what is going on here? So I, I, I mentioned, I was at a conference and met my friend, Rich. We've been friends online for years and we had a really good vibe together, like energetically. And we kind of teased and we said, we should do it like a little hobby show together. Cause we, we riff and we have fun and we laugh and stuff. 
but we have to talk, what is it about? So I said, well, let's do NFTs because I want to hold myself accountable to learn why we just made the money we made. What just happened here? There's something here. I said, so let's do 24 episodes just as accountability to learn this NFT space. We did that 90 days ago and we're at 75,000 downloads under 20 episodes and we're top 30 right now in education in the U.S. Um, because it just so happens there's a lot of people like us right now who are interested in NFTs but feel overwhelmed. So what we're doing on this show is we own that we don't know anything about this space mm -hmm. and we come in and we ask people who are very smart the dumb questions and hopefully bridge the gap from the everyday person to what's going on. So to answer your questions with NFTs, um, essentially we're learning that it's a, it's a digital asset. So where consumers would go in and buy a physical product and that's the way we understand business or they would buy a service instead right now they're buying a digital property and this digital property stands for something. And so right now there's NFTs in the marketplace for art and tickets and different things like that. But they're working on translating that into multiple, you know, industries from media to small businesses. The way you get a physical product will come through an NFT tickets at baseball games. It's insane. And I know that's a lot very quickly, but essentially think about it as the blockchain we're trying to come up, we, <laughs> they were watching, um, they're innovating how we do business by coming up with like a decentralized way of purchasing. Okay. I said a lot. Yeah, I understand it all. Perfectly Good. Clear. I'm Not. glad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, well the, but being that the, the show is on leadership, I think you've just brought something to, to my mind. So, there are leaders in the NFT space that, you know, that the rest of the world that's uninformed about NFT probably don't even know they're out there and they probably don't look and act like your typical, what you would think of as a leader. You would be shocked at the people who are quitting their jobs right now and are leaders in this space. So to your point, NFT, and they are 30 year olds, kids like you know just at home on on their phone figuring this crap out um i will say if from a leadership perspective if you're going to pull anything out of the mess i just said about blockchain nfts digital assets and all that if anybody um, can do it you can yeah <laughs> i think what i'm learning from this is there is power in being a bridge yeah and you don't have to know a lot to be a leader, what you need to do is be willing to be a bridge from one place to another and let people go with you somewhere. And it's been overwhelming. I'll be honest with you. I'm getting DMs like constantly from people saying like, how do I do this and that and whatever with NFTs. And I'm like, I have to, when I say NFTs for newbies, we're not lying to you. Like <laughs> we don't know either. We're trying to figure it out and to be kind of thrust into a position where people are, you know, we have a platform now about something we're, we're very new with. Um, it, it's been a big humility pill, but also one that I'm grateful for because it's translated into other areas because now I'm looking at Happy Brain and UL and all this other, you know, my business and this stuff. And I'm like, am I tr positioning myself as the authority know all about this? 
Or is it more valuable for me to position myself as the helper and the servant to this group of people and willing yeah. to look dumb and ask dumb questions and be vulnerable in front of them? Because that's what really helps people. You know, but it, but it's interesting, and we touch on it a lot, that a good part of leadership is about vulnerability. 100%. And I said going into COVID, and I'm still I was having this discussion with my executive coaching client yesterday, I said, so he, he um, is the CEO of an organization in Atlanta that runs three nursing homes mm-hmm. and has written a fascinating book. He was a guest on my show about what it's like to deal in the nursing home industry during a pandemic. But I, I said at the beginning of this thing, if anybody says to you they know what in the world is going on with COVID, they don't. They're lying to you. And I, you have to be, as a leader, you have to be willing to pivot and to not constantly, and that's what, you know, I won't go off on politics, but establishing intractable positions to me is not really leadership because that puts you in a situation where you can't pivot mm. when times change. Mm. So what you're talking about with NFTs is you've got all these people that see this opportunity that's going to change the world yet again, and they're willing to pivot to take advantage of the opportunity. Is it is there a risk involved? Yes. Was there a risk involved in your investment? Yes. But I think that's part of good leadership is you can't constantly be risk averse. Yes. And I know I want to make a bunch of people mad, but here we go. Like the whole thing with metaverse and the things that are coming with it, it's insane. And it, what you said earlier is a great word, scary. And I, the other day when Brian was showing me, some of this stuff of like what we're moving into with, with these, with these workspaces that are all digital, you know, and I immediately started thinking about my little girls and I think I don't want them to live in this kind of world. I don't want them to live in a world where they can't physically touch people and they're, you know, they have these weird identities and these avatars and all this stuff. But then I stopped myself and I said, you know, I have the privilege and it's a privilege right now that I can choose to engage with this world or not, because the time we live in right now, it's an option. Yeah. Looking forward, my kids, grandkids, whatever, it's probably not going to be an option. And so we have a responsibility now, I think as leaders, as content creators, as whatever, to take responsibility of like, okay, this stuff's coming we have the option to stay where we're at, but we have the responsibility to pivot because we're creating, we're helping create and navigate this crazy world for our kids. And are we figuring out how to do this in a more healthy way, a human way? Are we advocating for mental health online? Are we, you know, advocating for the things that matter in this digital space? Because whether you like it or not, it's here to stay. And there's an opportunity here to do something. And that's heavy, but it can be as simple as, you know, mentoring, like you said, young people and helping them navigate through a world that is digital and helping them find identity outside of their Instagram following. It, it could be as, you know, you on your show being vulnerable and talking about things that actually matter. And I mean, there's a variety of ways of doing it. You don't have to be the president of the United States and to change policy. You know what I'm saying? No. Um, there's something we can all can do, but it's just, it comes from the heart. Like, are we, are we invested with our hearts right now and active? Yeah. And that's, yeah. I, you know, part of good leadership is being compassionate too. But I, I did a podcast uh, a while back about a year ago and since had the gentleman, Dov Barron, 
who's like the number one ranked podcast for Fortune 500 CEOs in the world. But at the end of his podcast, he said, Fred, what would your advice? And this was literally, you know, at the, I mean, when things were bad and the lockdowns were, he said, you know, what would you do? Tell people, you know, how, how can you lead in your community at this point? I said, you know what? It's pretty simple. And I, I get into the mental health aspect. I said, if you know somebody that lives alone, check on them. There you go. You know, when, when we feel powerless and we can't at that point, I can't go down to the soup kitchen and volunteer. I can't do this or I can't do that. But yeah, you can pick up the phone and check on somebody because living by yourself on a regular, in a regular situation is tough. But you know, when there are lockdowns in place, I mean, the the mental health, I think the mental health side of this is just, we're not going to, I mean, it's going to play out for generations to come. Yeah. And yeah. And, and we've, Think about it. I think with every generation, there's a new barrier to overcome because we're not only dealing with our own inner demons of just being a human, but introducing new tech and the ways to quote, quote, interact. Um, it We have to be gracious because we don't understand how, how to move through this world that we were never taught <laughs> how yeah. to move through. But going back to the human basics of, of, like you just said, belonging and connectiveness and kindness and stuff like that, those are underrated skill sets right now. You know, I was just on a call with a gal a minute ago. Um, I was, I was, I was interviewing her and she's a, she's a singer and she's, she, she lost her voice at one point. And so now she uses sign to, to sing. It's, it's a really beautiful, cool thing. She got her voice back, but it, it's really cool how she's integrated it. And she said, you know, I'm so passionate about inclusion because of what I've, what I felt before being isolated because of, because of the, what happened to her. But I was like, well, how do you integrate that passion into your work? And she says, intentionally, like intentionally going back to, am I infusing my values and what I'm passionate about into my work? Because a lot of times I look at my work and say, does this work matter without realizing that no matter what work I'm doing, I can infuse purpose into it. You know, whether it's sweeping a freaking floor, whether it's tucking my girls into bed, whether it's being here on the call with you or on a YouTube thing or whatever it may be, you know what I mean? Like whatever work is at your hand, you can infuse what you're talking about into it. And, and I think that's a big part of leadership too, is connection. Mm -hmm. So I was doing, um, a speech, um, at a Forbes outing or thing, Forbes book authors. And so I had never been critiqued when I gave a speech. And I, so this lady, Deborah Torres Patel, who's like, you know, world speaker hall of fame. So she was the one critiquing and I've never been nervous giving a speech ever. And somebody later told me, said, you're critiqued every time you give a speech. I'm like, well, that's a good thing, but it's not by this you know, lady in the world speakers hall of fame. So literally my knees were shaken and I got through it. It, you couldn't, I didn't change my delivery, but my knees were shaking. But afterwards she, she made a really good point. And I think this is, in speaking, in what we do, in life in general, she said, it's about connection, not perfection. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just a brilliant statement because that's really everything you do, if it connects you in some way, tucking your children in to bed at night and you're so connected to them, it's it's about connection and it's not about perfection. Yeah. Well, that's, it's good for, for my mama heart to hear that because uh, I, I don't know, it 
life's been so crazy lately. Like even with them, I, I wish the time I had to spend with them was even more because it's just like, go, 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 go constantly all the time. And it's like the only time I have with them, I feel like at times there's these, these little windows and it's like, this is my opportunity to connect with my girls. Like this is, this is what I have today. You know, it's not yeah. as much as I want it to be. And I hate that. It's this crazy season that we're in right now, but it's like, what, what you're saying, it makes me feel good. Like connections, what matters right now, yep. you know, even if it's just a few minutes. <laughs> it, it is connection, not perfection. Well, okay. As I know you've got somebody else to be here shortly, but I do, I, I can't talk to you without talking about punk rock. <laughs> that That's an absolute must. You're so funny. So you and I share in common a connection. Yeah. We both love punk rock. So yeah. talk a little bit about your love for punk rock. I'm, and I'm, I think that... Hell? rebelliousness is part of being a good leader too or can be yes um i will say that i am proud of my little girl she asked me the other day to put on blink 182 and i was like she's four years old i'm like that's awesome that's my mom win for the day um which i know that's kind of a poppy punk rock band but i still like them um i don't know i was i'm kind of like a po I, I am like the poser punk person. I remember being rejected by punk rock people when I was in high school. Like I was oh, so no. nerdy. I was, yeah, that's bad. Isn't that <laughs> bad? I was so nerdy and awkward and, oh, it was terrible um, that they were even like the cool kids for me. But I loved the vibe. I loved the style. I loved the whole F the man thing. Like, even though I would never ever say that or I'm a real follower, sometimes, <laughs> you know, like, I, you know, yeah. But I, I just, I like, I like the freedom of it. I think it's a really cool free vibe. But as far as bands go, dude, like MXPX, Green Day, Blink. I know those are a little more poppy punk, but that's what I was really Yeah, but those are all good. Yeah, yeah, Sum 41, yeah. Yeah, Sum some, some 41's good. I think it's, it's once again, as long as your heart's in it. But yeah, I'd, you know, the Sex Pistols dating myself, which is, you know, very... Nirvana, obviously sure. one of my favorite bands, and did yeah. get to see your Nirvana show and Mosh did a Nirvana show. Um, so yeah, but you know, here again, and I've talked to so many of my guests, music is the great connector, right? You can usually somebody you're talking to find at least some song that you both enjoy. You know, here I'm gonna go deep again. I know you're trying to go light, but here I go deep. But I can't help it. <laughs> Music, no. no uh, so I feel like every conference I go to, they have you know these speakers, and in between they'll have like these transition times, or they'll have a musician or an artist come up and do their thing. And I was looking at a um, agenda the other day, and it had like transition, and it had the musician's person's name or whatever. And like God really spoke to me. I was like musicians and creatives and artists they're not the transition people like they are the healers yeah and they're the connectors they're the they have a gift to what you're saying that able to cross boundaries speak into people connect people where words and logic cannot and one day i'm going to have a conference Steve. you can mark my words where those are going to be the main talent is not the speakers it's going to be the artists and creatives getting up there and doing their thing because i think it's an underutilized gift in the business and leadership space is the creators okay well i'm going to use a little musical example to connect with you so my 54th birthday is saturday if you can oh, happy it. birthday thank you and if you have not yet had this experience i'm going to name a song by blink 182 
okay. that is really going to hit you in the face at some point in your life, and that's what's my age again. Because at 53, about to be 54, every time I get on a machine at the gym where they ask you your age, you're like, <laughs> what the hell? I'm like, I can't be that old. That's how girls so, feel when they ask for the weight. I mean, we're like, Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you have not yet had that Blink-182, what's my age again experience, that's you're going to have it. So That's look hilarious. forward to it. Yeah. I, age, dude, don't even get me started on that. Like, I just, I, I, I mean this with all of my heart. Like, I am super excited about every year getting older because I look at, I look at, like, there's some women in my life who are older than me and I think they're so comfy in their skin. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm really excited about is, you know, I'm 35 and I'm still young. But like thinking about how much more secure I am than I was when I was 25 or 15, I'm like, man, 45, 55, I'm going to be super confident. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> At least I well, hope so. <laughs> we'll see. We all still have our little insecurities and everything sure. and idiosyncrasies. You never really get rid of those. But, but you stop caring but, about what people think as much. Like you're kind of like, F it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much. That, that's a good <laughs> way to do it, which allows me to do podcasts and do all this crazy stuff. And yeah. And say, I'm still rebelling. I'm still doing my punk rock thing at 53, 54 years old. Do you skateboard? Uh, I have not in a while. I used to love to skateboard, though. What about the hacky sack? Yes. Love I, a good hacky sack. I'm a horrible hacky sacker. You okay, don't want to well, be on my team. <laughs> next time, we'll just have to get go out and skateboard and get hacky sacks, and that'll be the show. I think David's laughing in the background. I think I hear him. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Yes. <laughs> okay, last question. Yes, sir. So what in your life puts the biggest smile on your face? Cause My family. I, I love that answer because we need more smiles these days. And I will tell you, I think that's that connection. I know looking at your Instagram feed, you put a smile on my face. And so I just want to say thank you for that. That means a lot to me. Um, you know, it's, it's so crazy. I have all these dreams, all this stuff I want to do and the past month I, I did quite a bit of traveling and I was gone and I would be texting my husband. And I'm like, <laughs> I just want to come home. And he goes, Heather, I don't understand you. You have all these dreams, all these things you want to go do. But every single time you leave the house and go do anything, you always just want to be back home. What's the deal with that? Why are you doing all this? And I'm like, because I just really realized that all that stuff's cool, but there's nothing like being with you and my two daughters and all this stuff's just icing on the cake, but y'all are like the real gift in my life. And I'm just, that's what brings a smile to my face. So even if you're not where you're at, where we want to be or whatever, if you have people in your life, a friend, a neighbor, an aunt, a kid, whatever, who you can just yeah. love. I mean, that's the gift. That's what, that's the ultimate prize. Yeah. I, well, I was coming back from a three-day guys fishing trip last Sunday. And I said, you know, three nights away, I mean, two was good, but I'm like, I'm really excited to get home and see my wife and my dogs. And I said, but think about that. I said, unfortunately, not everybody looks That's, forward to going home. So yeah. think about what a blessing that is. Amen to that, for sure. You get to go home. You get to go home. Well, Heather, um, thank you so much for being my guest today. It's always a pleasure hanging with you, even if it's virtually. Next time it's in studio. And thank you once again for having me on your podcast. It's an honor. Loved, loved getting to talk to you. All right. Thanks, man. We are out of time. Dropping the mic, and we are out.